0: Welcome back this week on today's episode. If you have not had the opportunity to listen to part one, I want to recommend that you go back and have the opportunity to listen to part one with our interview with Kathleen May. She is an author, she is a teacher, she is a mother. She is just all around a beautiful person and truly has the most amazing way to put perspectives and words in front of you that get you thinking and seeing things from just the other side to give you that balanced viewpoint of the situation that you might be going through. And we highly discuss about things like life under renovation and change. And today we are continuing on this topic and having the most beautiful conversation. Welcome back today again. And let's Get to it. Hey, friends, it's your host, Steph Connell, lifelong goal-getter, betterment seeker, and both a student and master of making mindset matter. Through my 10 years of experience in coaching and leadership, I've seen passion and purpose diminish to form life's cookie-cutter mold. And due to that, you see the train of unhappiness get more and more bogged down. My mission in life is to get a rise out of you. Together, We are building a community of women who can not only voice their vision, but bring that to fruition. You are daring. You are valued. You are needed. And you are ever-growing, my friend. The world needs our courage, and we are bringing it on strong. So without further ado, let's get to it. It's time to be bold.
1: One of the one of the things we talk about in my book is your relationship, and here's another fear one: your relationship with money.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's always a good one. Yep,
1: and it's another one that attaches to fear, and and that attaches back to change. And isn't it always one of the ones that stops us from engaging? Though, like we talk about fear, but then change is always connected to what? When I when I moved down here, I have so many people who reached out and said. How did you do it? Why did you do it? I'm thinking that, and, you know, immediately they would send the brakes on with, oh, I just can't do that because like, they would have a reason. And I, I would to them, you know, if you want to, you can, mm-hmm. you will find a way there, there is always a way. It's just whether or not you choose to look for it. And it's the same with money, right? Like what is your relationship with it? Not what other people think your relationship is with it. And is there fear of change? Because that's another transition that I think people struggle with is that change in their financial position, Mm -hmm. be it good or bad, really any sort of change. We become so like that transition from what we become comfortable in to having more is actually a really scary
0: transition. Yeah. Does it mean that you have to be more, show up more? What is that going to require of us? And then you look at yourself and go, am I enough? For that, mm-hmm. so really, is it a self worth concern? Huge. Mm-hmm.
1: It, yeah. Am I am I responsible enough? Yeah, for that kind of reward
0: mm-hmm.
1: or that piece? Like I wouldn't know what to do with it when I got it. Right? There's that. Are you not taking on a change or a transition because you actually have fear of your success? Like we've talked about fear of failure, but what about the concept of having fear of success?
0: Yeah. They both play hand in hand. They really do. And it's an internal battle. I feel like it yes. really is. Yes. If it's not one, it's but, the other,
1: <laughs> right? It's, yeah. it's so true. And you don't really think about it. I know even with education, I just assumed that my family would be very proud of me getting more education. I was one of the first people in my family to get education. My ex-husband had a degree. I thought i becoming a teacher and having a degree would make me a better partner. You know, I thought it was about me becoming more valuable. I I also thought that while I had all these opinions and thoughts and inquiry about things, it didn't become justified until I had a degree in my Mm -hmm. mind. I don't mm-hmm. think that we have other people like you need to know. I think probably some of the smartest people I know have never been to school, but I felt like it added value because I felt very much like people kind of just wrote off my thoughts. And I thought this gave me the confidence to have value behind my thoughts. But what I didn't realize is that there was some judgment around it, you know, in my own family where they were, will you think you're better than us now? Cause you have a university mm-hmm. degree was never ever something i thought about and that change that transition made my transition my change made them
0: uncomfortable Mm -hmm. do you think maybe it brought a light to what they could potentially do or wanted to do at some point they just never did that and we will have those yes
1: i do i also think we kind of have Those people in our lives that took us to a certain place and maybe could never let us go past that. Like, I do believe for some of my family I will always be 17-year-old Kathleen. Mm -hmm. That's just where they capped out. And you know, for some parts, that's a fun time, right? Like some parts of the connection to who I was at 17, you know, okay. Mm -hmm. But other parts, it's like I have so much more to share. I'm not that I'm not that person anymore.
0: And I'm very careful actually that. Sorry that you mentioned that it just brought some awareness to me. I'm very careful about how I raise my children that I don't want to say I'm, I'm not protective, but I'd rather use the word that I like to prepare my children. I'm raising young adults so Mm -hmm. that they are ready to go off on their own instead of always viewing my baby, you know, my baby. Our job as parents is to raise funds functioning
1: adults in society
0: yeah
1: right and then transition into still having value and and I'll tell you that's a space I'm in at 48 I have a house full of teenagers and my primary job for the past 20 years my biggest reason for getting up in the morning has been them and my oldest has you know flown the nest for lack of a better term And is my going back to school somewhat fueled about recreating a space that I feel valued in? Yeah, absolutely. We, as women, you will experience, you know, you you can talk about motherhood's a transition and a room of change, right? I know, Stephanie, you can share about your feelings between being, you know, a single person becoming a married person and then becoming a mom. And yes, on the other side of becoming a mom, it's awesome. But there is permission to miss a little bit of who that girl was before you were a mom. Yes, right. It's it's a change. It's a transition. It's a fear. How do I keep her and still become your mom? And and then there's another transition, like you know, some of us will experience divorce, which is again a forced transition, a forced change. Not when we necessarily that's a change in our identity. Yet not all of us want it. Mm-hmm. But yet you you know you change again, and then. And I don't know if men experience this the same or not, but certainly for women, we, in this space that we sit, you become, you know, I've used the term before invisible Mm -hmm. because my job as a mom is finished. I'm no longer part of the reproductive Mm -hmm. part of population. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, my body in itself is saying, you don't need to attract people anymore. Like here's, wrinkles and aging and menopause and weight gain and all these other awesome things. Like you thought you could sleep and, you know, no, you can't hormones are changing. And then my role as a mom is now, yes, I'm still their mother. And of course I'm still here for them, but I'm not Is you know, I, I am right now, but I definitely see where these children in the next five to 10 years are completely independent of me.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: where does my values sit?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's a transition. These transitions and changes happen to us. Yeah. And Which, we,
0: we as women just like rule, we have so many of them. Yeah. We, and I think preparation, I think just even bringing that about right now and knowing what's to come can help us better prepare for changes mm-hmm. that are coming. I think, I I think this is great that we're addressing this because even you know my state is very different i'm in the very early stages of the little babies and all of that stuff i'm very yeah. i'm very much in a different place than where you are with the teenagers yeah. and what comes after that you know we hear we always hear from other women oh wait wait till you hit menopause or wait till this. It's brought on like that, but really in this conversation, (laughs) understanding what is to come and to be ready for transitions, it's just, it will allow the change to not be easier, but expected. I think a lot of times is the element of surprise with change and what can bring on a lot of trauma can be sometimes, you know, things that are too much, too fast, too soon. Right. And so, change, I think, can yes. happen a little bit more smoothly with the preparation around it and having the conversations between us like this.
1: 100%. And knowing that you weren't the only one feeling that way and knowing that, like, I will tell you, um, I remember very clearly being, you know, with all the toddlers everywhere and how busy it was and how great it was. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of change that you will be watching every single day in yourself as a mom, because as you go from infant to toddler, that's a transition from, you know, toddler and they go to school, it's another transition. And then, you know, your relationships all change as well. And, and, um, there's all that going on. I didn't really realize that, and menopause in itself isn't bad. Like it, it is what it is. And, you know, there's lots to be talked about there, but I don't think it's, it's not really that that I think you just need to keep your health is mm. the biggest thing, right? And not allow it to become another place of fear or reason why you don't invest in yourself, both with time, really. But also, I think the bigger piece of emotional health there is knowing you need to transition. We live much longer than we should, <laughs> which is wonderful, <laughs> right? But it's wonderful. But you know, I'm just going to be in my early to mid fifties as the children leave. What am I going to do for the next 50 years? Cause my grandmother's 99. So literally I can do this all over again, right? But how do we embrace it and do it beautifully? So I looked at it and went, I want a law career. I want to go help more people. I want to go do some things, make some changes happen in education. And I'm at this point in fairly good health. And so, you know, yeah, as my children, start to go through high school and pick their universities. I'm in university so that I have a career to pour myself into. So I think that looking at the potential of change and really making sure you set yourself up in a place where you value yourself, because that I think is the struggle a lot of women have when they've been been stay-at-home moms or even a combination of working and mom and the children start to have their own lives and, and they feel a little lost and a little like they don't have a value.
0: Life is constant. We can all feel overwhelmed and worn out and we need a way to rejuvenate and revitalize our bodies. One that is natural and gentle. At the Herbfield Homestead, they work hard to create the best formulas and natural solutions to nourish the body, soothe the mind and promote relaxation. Their special small batch formulations of homegrown and wild crafted botanical extracts feature herbs that ease discomfort and promote wellness and bring balance back into the body. They use only the best ingredients, ones that they would only use for themselves. And what a beautiful promise from their family to yours. Go and visit theherbfilledhomestead.com. Receive support on your journey to wellness right now now you have to let society
1: and media own this a little bit I mean look around and tell me how many you know how many companies are marketing to older women how many companies and I don't even like using the term older but let's let's use it like you know Mm -hmm. 50 and over where where are single moms being marketed to Mm. I have yet to see a company that does a car ad for a single mom Hmm. yeah when you really think Not about even a it. McDonald's commercial that says, you know, she needs a break because she's working both ends. So she picks up McDonald's when we help. There is zero advertisement or recognition. Zero advertisement. And in fact, Chevy, I drove a Chevy truck, a dually, with my four children in tow and hauled horses back and forth. And I swore by that truck, Church of Chevy. And they interviewed me, and I was put in by the salesman to do an ad. And I was turned down. Why? They went another route. Mm. And the route they went had, you know, hockey players and, Mm. but not single moms. Well, and in fairness in marketing, I guess maybe they would say most single moms can't afford a truck. That's not really fair, Mm -hmm. but that's a transition, right? To being a single mom. It's not Mm -hmm. a relationship status. It's a transition. And, and it's one where, you know, did you choose that one? No, probably not. But there's a lot of us out there and we constantly have that microaggression that goes around and that's a change of mindset and a fear piece, right? Mm. No one wants to be a single mom, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it is a space that you get comfortable in and you find empowerment and you there's pluses to it and negatives, I guess. There are definitely. It, I hope that you always have a partner to parent with because- single parenting is, you know, and not from a more from just perspective of, I think what is single moms we miss the most is the conversation with that person around, you know, you will, you will know and you parent in the moment, sometimes on the fly, right. It Mm -hmm. comes at you and you like make a quick decision about, you know, how you're going to strategize this big moment in your child's life as you decide the results of their actions for something, whatever it may be. And having that feedback from a partner that says, yeah, we did that right. Like, yeah. And you know, you maybe sharing that doubt, that is probably the biggest piece that I think is missing from
0: Hmm. from that role. I could see that. Mm -hmm. And I could understand that for sure. You don't realize it when you're when you have somebody that you're always, you know, there with. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Yes. So I have a question for you. I want you to define something. I feel like you have done just such an excellent job of defining this word already during this conversation. But what does be bold mean to you? Be
1: bold. I
0: think what be bold means
1: to me, we have, um, I have, I won't speak, I won't use we, but you might understand this. I have always believed that kindness looked like compromise. So in everything, I have this concept of do all things in kindness. However, most recently I had to learn to start asking for what I need as kindness to me. And that was, uh, there was fear, there was transition and change, right? But it meant being brave and bold, I think. Absolutely. So I think that what we need to do sometimes is recognize that Sometimes the kindness has to be for yourself. And that's in as little of a thing as clarifying, you know, like I'll, I'll give you the example. I recently started an internship and before I was one of these people that would be like, I'm just so happy to have internship. I don't care where you pay me. I don't care what the hours are. I don't care what the training is. Right. I'm just so happy to be here. And I am, I'll tell you what, I feel so fortunate to have this. And it happened so easily. And it's such a great experience but in living with my, you know, 2022 awareness of asking for what I need and being bold, you know, I did, I said, I'm going to need to understand these things. And I have these expectations and, you know, I've done some similar soul searching in some relationships. I'm going to be brave. And well, I know this is a compromise that works better for maybe other people, it doesn't
0: work for me. Yeah. I think it's, I think as women, it's one of the hardest things to do to serve yourself because we've been conditioned. Yeah. Compromise is not kindness. Yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Oh my (laughs) goodness. Like I just have never realized that, but you are so right. And I will tell you
1: afterwards I was driving home, you know, and and I kind of had a week of that, like asking for what I needed. And no mm. one got, no one got greatly offended at me. In fact, mm. they were probably more respected. I probably, I think I actually felt more respected. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, you would. Yes. Right. And I've noticed that through boundaries and, and setting things yes. for myself. It's the hardest yes. thing to do, but once you do it, there's the world will follow. Everyone will listen and it's, it's was- not mean. There was no justifying either. Do you know when you compromise
1: and it works better for someone else, but then you spend days justifying to yourself why that was the right thing to do because it was, you know, a smoother transition? It was better for them. I'll deal with those details later. All those things we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. I drove home feeling so proud that I had not, you know, compromised. And yet everyone seemed to be more respectful and I felt better. I felt proud of myself, right? Yeah. Like, right, this is the Kathleen who asks for what she needs. Mm -hmm. so you know that in itself is a piece of change and transition right yeah it's a part of a renovation so how do you build this big beautiful life you have to constantly be prepared to renovate
0: without judgment without there's no failure in that so listen i really enjoyed spending these moments with you today and i hope you did too my gratitude is through the roof But in order for us to make even more magic in this world, we've got to spend more time together. Make it your focus to connect consistently so you can continue to gain and change up your days to come. Secondly, we are a direct result of who we hang around with and now you're in the world of becoming better. By sharing this episode, you're making an impact in someone's life and frankly, we're just better together. And don't forget to tag me so I can send some love and shout outs back, my friend. Until next time, this is your host, Steph on Be Bold. If you have found yourself really enjoying our time together and value high level conversation, or maybe your heart and mind is simply so full of so much knowledge that you need to share it with the world around you, starting a podcast has probably crossed your mind a time or two. Podcasting was on my heart for years, but I was left feeling overwhelmed simply because it was a wild beast and I'd never stepped foot in that area before. And that's where Buzzsprout came in and saved the day and gave us this time together. It makes podcasting so simple and so effective. It's so effective, in fact, that it has helped over 100,000 people launch their own podcast and I'm one of them. Buzzsprout will help you get your podcast into every major platform like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. You also have this clean and professional looking podcast site and audios you can drop into other websites, tools to promote your episode, and analytics to see who's listening and where, and so much more. And as a helpful aid, Buzzsprout is sharing weekly updates and tools to keep me informed so I can be mastering my podcasting skills from the very best. To start your own podcast and receive your very own $20 Amazon gift card, follow the link in the show notes. This lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you and helps support the show. Thank you, Buzzsprout, for being the easiest way to start a podcast.